0: Welcome along to Scoreline Extra the podcast that condenses down some of the interviews that we conducted on Scoreline at the weekend on KCLR from 2 to 6 This week we caught up with David Herity, who looks at his tenure as Kildare manager and Kilkenny's league chances Niall Bergen after Kilkenny defeated Antrim in the minor championship Simon Ray a Carlo football selector caught up with Robbie Michelle team was speaking to Oisin Langan at the unveiling of the Optimum Nutrition as the official performance nutrition partner of the GPA Kilkenny and District League do the KCLR McCormick Cup draw and we Chat with Kilkenny rugby coach Dave O'Connor ahead of a big, big semi final against Kildara coming up. Benny O'Regan also talks all things volleyball in the southeast. We're going to start with David Herity, though.
1: Now I'm delighted to be joined by Kildare Senior Hurling Manager and former Kilkenny All-Ireland winner David Herity to look ahead to Sunday's Allianz National Hurling League Division 2A final between his side Kildare and Offaly that will take place in Portlaoise at 2pm. Of course we'll be looking at a lot of other topics including Kilkenny. David, first of all, thanks very much for joining me today. How are you?
2: All great, Robert.
1: How are you keeping? Yeah, Very good, very good. Great to be speaking to you. Um, Sunday I suppose it's a monumental occasion for Kildare Hurling you must be looking forward to it
2: Yeah we're looking forward to it in, in a final it's uh, it's probably not something that we would have thought of at the start of the year the aim was to try and get to a league semi-final um, especially the fact that we're only up in 2A this only our second year so it's, uh, it's brilliant to be to be looking forward to another final again after the kill cup and after the Christie ring last year It's it's uh, I suppose what you're looking for there is consistency within the team and it's great the fact that we've had the the wins and the consistent uh, displays there throughout the league as well, and so far this year. So very happy that, yeah, we're hit, we're looking forward to that final on Sunday. I suppose it, it, the one plus about living in Kilkenny is the fact that you don't get the kind of the feel of the hype that's going around the county too much. So it's nice just to concentrate and try and treat it like just another game.
1: And. Just in terms of, you mentioned there, the consistency, and that's something that really has caught the eye. Five games, four victories, and a draw against Offaly, seeing you top the table. I mean, every team, I suppose, and maybe you'll know this better than myself, but every team has a one-off display in them, but you must be incredibly proud and satisfied with the work you've done, the fact that your team has been able to put this back-to-back-to-back, and that they've almost reached a standard that they can achieve game in, game out now.
2: Yeah, a lot of that has... Well, I suppose that that will go down to two main things. It's it's obviously the players themselves and the drive that they have. The biggest, um, I suppose, headache for possibly any of the developing managements um, when they go back each year is to try and make sure that you have all the players that you want coming back and committing. And we were very grateful and lucky as well that we have such a such uh, an ambitious bunch of players that they're coming back year in, year out and pretty much have done for the last five years. You're always going to have a small bit of turnover, I suppose, within the panel. But consistently, we've had that within our players. And then you get to see the proper growth, I suppose, and strength and conditioning. You get to see the lads develop from year to year. Tactically as well, as you're able to build on things when you have the same players as well. Uh, and within the squad as well so um, that's a massive help and like I said we, we've we've managed to retain 12 out of last year's out of the 15 that started the Christie Ring final one of the lads there um, Shane Ryan had picked up a cruciate injury but hopefully he could be back fairly soon in the next few weeks um, but to keep on to that amount of lads I know a couple are retired as well is um, yeah that's the starting point and then obviously you have to have an excellent backroom team there as well and I'm delighted to say that we do like the 16 members of that backroom team then that are constantly trying to improve the panel uh, week in, week out. Uh, we've added to them over the years as well. I think we start off with a, with a backroom team of maybe six, seven, maybe um, five years ago. And now that's up to 16. So it, it's, I suppose it shows the support that we have from the county board as well, that they're they're willing to back us as well. Um, and that just means that the lads are catered for in every different aspect as well. That um, We do get that level of consistency as well. So it all, those two things... Um,
1: build into it and I spoke to you last year and, and you, you mentioned those two things the fact that maybe you had the selection of the best hurlers that Calair has to offer and you aligned that with the strength and conditioning programme that you put in place and they're kind of two key things that need to happen if Calair hurling was to move forward how happy are you with the fact that obviously I I presume it hasn't happened seamlessly but it seems to have just worked absolute wonders and and as I say it's the consistency levels that really catch the eye more than anything else
2: Yeah the big thing uh, I think myself with Galair is the the work that's been done at underage level like there the other night you would have seen the, the Miners had a very comfortable victory over Carlo as well um, you Under-20s at the moment we have, numbers could be a bit, little bit off there, but I think we have nine under-21s at the moment. I suppose lads who played last year at under-20 level and players that are there still there this year. So to have that conveyor belt of young lads coming through into the panel is the big thing. If, this, if you go back five years ago, uh, the under-20s got together, or under-21s at the time, Probably trained once a week for six weeks and went out and played a first round of a Leinster under 21B competition and that was it. They might have played Meade got beaten and that was it for the year. So you have maybe at max 10 sessions in that time, whereas now the lads are back doing a kind of a pre-season, um, I suppose, strength and conditioning programme from November that's built all the way through. And, and they'll be hoping now in the next few weeks that they'll get themselves four or five matches in that Leinster under 21 or under 20 championship. But to have these lads doing proper strength and conditioning for a good chunk of the year, uh, that they're playing and training with the best coaches with the best players um, in a high performance environment and then we're able to then have those lads coming straight through into the senior squad the year after is uh, is the massive difference. That's where I think Kildare have, have really built on over the last few years. It's that level. Like I know we kind of went out there in one of the Q Cup games earlier on in the year, and we had seven lads aged 21 or younger playing um, playing in the Kyo Cup. So it's uh, th- that's the that's the biggest bit of energy that these young lads are coming through, and uh, pretty much the spine of the team that'll be taking place in the 2 a final as well will uh, be very young, very young players. Coupled with, I suppose, the likes of James Burke and Carl Dillon and Ryan Bourne, Simon see these lads as well that are, are only 23, 24. So it's just a it's a very very young team at the moment.
1: And it sounds like from the long term, Kildare Hurling's in a very healthy position. It also is in the short term, of course. As I said, it's awfully on Sunday. They are the one team that you didn't defeat, but you did get a draw against them in Tullamore a few weeks back in the group stage of the Allianz National Hurling League. How difficult an opponent will they be on Sunday? And do you get any learnings from that first game against them in Tullamore?
2: You would yeah you, and again we you know, we were seeing them against Kerry there in the semi-final they're a very strong physical team I suppose they're a very direct team um, they're a team that punish you time and time again like Savon Cal on freeze there he's, he's He's working off something like about thirty out of thirty-one frees. There, he's he's from inside his own sixty-five in the in the league so far. He's just deadly accurate, and he punishes it at every single opportunity. They were very impressive in the way that they shut down Kerry Kerry's running game there in that second half there, the last day. And I I thought they used the bench extremely well as well, and um, brought on some fresh legs um, that got them all over the line. Kerry seemed to be very dominant in that first half. They, I suppose they missed a lot of opportunities, but um, Offaly are a team that, that stay with you all the way. We were up by six points in that, uh, in that last group game as well, and they managed to knock o- knock over 2-1 in, in the space of about 10 minutes, and we had to kind of cling on then and get that draw, then with the last puck of the game. So it's going to be a very strong physical battle. It's going to be a very testing one, the fact that Offaly will be out again, a, a, I think it's the fourth weekend in a row, heading into three Joe McDonough games as well so it's, it's testing any of this, this league and championship the format of it is very challenging for any of the teams that are out there at the moment but especially Joe McDonough at least with the, the kind of the Lee McCarty and the length those are playing football as well they have little breaks in between but we're pretty much flat to the mat now for the for the next few weeks again we're out Sunday and then three weekends straight away then afterwards again
1: Yeah I was going to come on to it but I suppose you've brought it up I mean you're playing in an a league final on Sunday, and this really has amazed me when i seen it. And then six days later, it's the first round of the Joe McDonough Cup against Carlo and Netwatch Cullen Park. Is that a point of frustration? How do you look at that? Because it must be very strange to, to see a fixture list so compact.
2: Look, it's watch your face. I suppose we knew that from the start of the year, Um we knew that if we got to a, a league final, this is what potentially we we could be facing into. It it doesn't really make sense to be honest with you. whoever's making up the fixtures, how they're how they're putting these together, and realise that how it's kind of fair. I suppose the fact that the game is on Sunday and not on a Saturday. I know they found it difficult to find a fixture. Um, everywhere else was kind of booked up for the Saturday, but it's. I suppose it's what you plan for. We. Um, that's why you have the panel that you have in case you do pick up any injuries thankfully we're again I go back to the backroom team we're blessed to have the backroom team that we have that injuries is not something that we've had any difficulty with so far as here the lads um, we've had a couple of couple of them but um, as far as you know our, our, our squad hasn't been decimated by it you just try and make sure that you stay on top of things the train and load everything you just have to be extra careful, I suppose, in the way that you're approaching each of the games, you're approaching each of the players themselves and make sure that you're not kind of flogging them, that you're trying to keep them as fresh as possible in the gym and on the pitch as well. Um, it's just what you have to deal with. I, I think at the end of this year, it's all going to be reviewed, I'd imagine it is. I think I know there's a lot of managers giving out the way these things are coming, taken fast, but look at if you're to... Offer me a league final, and then to get going a run into Joe McDonough, I would have taken your hand off it at the start of the at the start of uh, the year. So no, I won't start complaining now anyway.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you won't. But just a game then on Sunday, David. I mean, what would a victory mean for your your own side, for yourself as a manager? I suppose. But also just generally heading into the Joe McDonough Cup, to come off the back of winning a National League title and continue that success and lift another piece of silverware, would it really leave you in a strong position going forward for the rest of the year, do you think?
2: I actually don't think it's going to make a massive bit of a difference, to be honest. I think uh, I don't think you have a time after Sunday to re. Uh, you'd love if you had two or three weeks off there where you could lads could go and properly celebrate it and uh, just enjoy the fact uh, that the league is over. Like we, you'd normally would have had just say five years ago in Leinster Championship or ten years ago, where you'd finish up the league. You mightn't have Championship then for about until about seven weeks and get a proper run in. But I just don't think you, you your concentration as soon as that full time whistle uh, finishes on Sunday. I know personally myself you say well done to the lads or please God we will um, but it's all about Carlo then six days later in the Joe McDonough that's an absolute crucial game uh, Carlo are, are flying it and w- have been in the last few rounds of the of the league as well and unfortunately for possibly a, a couple of uh, I suppose red cards they easily could have been in the league semi-final or league final themselves as well so we know how good Carlo are we um obviously the management team know our team extremely well there with uh, Tom Alalli there been over the nace lads. So it's uh yeah, it's just a crucial game. There's just not gonna be too much time to rest in your laurels. You just you just switch focus from league on to championship. I think at the end of the year, whenever, this, whenever our season does happen to end, whether it's in the last round against Down or it goes further into Joe McDonough, please God, if it did ever get to a, a Joe McDonough final, then you can sit back and actually think back on what a success or unsuccessful year you've just had.
1: What amazes me is you, you won the Christian Ring Cup last year you've returned to the Joe McDonough Cup and from an outsider's point of view I know probably you're not going to steer into this too much but you seem like you're in a really healthy position to as you say contend maybe or even try and get to a Joe McDonough Cup final are you even a small bit surprised at the speed of the progress because I knew by speaking to you last year I knew there was going to be serious strides made in Kildare hurling, but th- the fact that you are in such a strong position are you surprised that it's happened this quick?
2: Honestly I know there's a lot of people kind of talking about Kildare hurling at the moment but I, I I don't know if people realize just how competitive this Joe McDonough campaign is going to be for for everyone um I think any of the teams that are there are just as likely to get to a final as get relegated that's my own thoughts, and I think I think the way the Joe McDonough is um if you look back at the league you know awfully got over down there down a two lads sent off and he barely got over them by three points you look at down only lost out to Kerry by a point Kerry lost to Offaly by a point uh, Carlo hammered down, uh, you look to it down barely, you know, Drew with Derry. I know Derry are, are, are in the Christie ring and so on, but it's just so bloody competitive. The whole group, I just think it's going to be an absolute bruiser. Like I kind of was even saying it there to the rest of the management team. It, it's similar enough to the Munster Championship, at least in the Leinster Championship, there's a few games that teams can probably take a rest uh, with, but it's every single week. I don't, I don't think you can easily call any of the fixtures that are going to take place. Kildare are doing well at the moment, but I think this season is going to be defined with the fact how we get on in this uh, Joe McDonough. No one's going to be... If, we, we, if the league is the league and so on, but to, to be honest with you, I, I do think that for us, the Joe McDonough is, is absolutely key to the whole season. We need to retain our Joe McDonough status and stay up there and be competing there and try and build from there. But it's just going to be so, uh, it's, it's going to be such an, a challenging seven weeks after Sunday. Um, we have to just get everything right to make sure that, that we do keep on to that and then start building then again, retain us so that these under-20s that are coming through, they are playing at that standard, that these minors there said they had the great victory there during the week, that they are playing at that standard. So... Uh, Whatever time it is, four o'clock on Sunday evening. To be honest with you, full focus is just going to be on that, and not on anything that has been achieved over the last twelve months. Because if we do not retain our, our Joe McDonough status, it's um, yeah, it, it, you know, or whoever, whatever team, uh, it, it's going to be seen as a poor year. So we have to we have to focus in on that.
1: And you are, of course, in the league final as you said this Sunday. Then one week later, your own native county, of course, that you had huge success with as a player. Kilkenny, you're in the league final. I'd just be interested to get your opinion on Derek Ling's start as Kilkenny manager. What have you made of it so far? I mean, you could argue it couldn't have gone much better making the league final, but what's your kind of assessment of it to date?
2: Yeah, look, he's he's had a exactly he's in a league final there at the moment the fact that he's played most of that season without the Ballyhale lads the fact that he still has them coming back he's used up a lot of players in the league Um, physically they look in in incredible shape there Um, I would have obviously just popped into the the Cork game the Dublin game and just how much further developed physically they are than even the teams that I suppose I would have been lucky enough to play on there I, I just think it's chalk and cheese uh, where their certain conditioning has gone to, I thought they completely bullied Cork over last Sunday. I thought tactically they completely destroyed Dublin as well. So they he seems to have built a nice squad there as well. So there's a lot of competition for places um, because again it's very difficult to even know who's going to be playing on the Kilkenny team at the moment. I suppose that's the only small thing that that you slightly worry about that they, do they have or do they know where their best their best 15 or their best players? But then again he's going to see that by playing against. Limerick the great thing about playing Limerick in a a final is that you're going to know exactly where you're at they're going to go out to win the competition as they always try and do with any of them so he'll know exactly where he's at Sunday week then um, where Kenny you're at he'll probably have a a better idea where his 15 are and probably his 26 are um, and then he has kind of easy enough rounds then in the, I'm nearly sure he's the opening two rounds of the Leinster Championship are, are, uh, to Antrim and Westmead. He has a nice bit of extra time there to build on things where some of the other teams, obviously Galway, Wexford and so on, and Dublin are pretty much hitting off themselves very quickly there where they're, they're, they're pretty much right into championship. Can he have that extra little bit of time there that they should be winning? I suppose they should be winning those opening two rounds quite comfortably. So he still has a bit of time then to kind of ease the likes of obviously Owen Cody or TJ or Adrian Muddle and so on back into the team.
1: And just with regards to the league final specifically, as you mentioned, maybe in your own situation, six days later, the championship begins in the form of the Joe McDonough Cup and you'll have to prioritise that and just look ahead to it, irrespective of the result on Sunday. Limerick, I mean, they're obviously very comfortable in their own position going for four irons in a row. You would imagine maybe it wouldn't be a huge dent if they weren't to win the league title. But if you feel for Kilkenny moving forward, it's a real opportunity to lay down a marker and I don't think they lack maybe belief in terms of, defeating Limerick in championship but to have that real belief and something tangible to hold on to to say that we actually can go on and get the better of Limerick if we were to meet them later in the
0: championship
2: Yeah I, I do think that anyone that does beat Limerick especially in a nat- especially from here on out whatever about the first round I know Cork came back in the first round of the league and bet them but no if you're to it would give massive confidence uh, to go along um, and beat Limerick because everyone is talking about them at the moment Everyone's talking about everyone else is playing for second place behind them. To beat them in a national title in a game where you know they're going all out to win and they take it as seriously as they do, it would be a massive boost to them. Um, Yeah, without a doubt, obviously bringing that into a Leinster Championship as well, even for Derek Ling and his management team as well, the the confidence that you'd get, there's obviously so much talk with the fact that they are a new management team and Brian Cody and so on. You want, as a manager, to get a medal or to get a trophy as early as possible, regardless of what kind of rubbish managers might come out with and saying that we're trying to do this or that everyone wants to bloody win a trophy early enough to kind of ease the bit of uh, anxiousness that are there even the likes the Pat Ryan there winning the, the the Munster pre-season trophy as well it was the first one that caught, or Cork had won in a while and he'd mentioned that himself you want to just try and it builds confidence within the group when you kind of have medals there in the back pocket and again for Kilkenny heading into a Leinster campaign with a league medal after beating Limerick especially uh, that would be an absolute massive boost and you're right heading into an All-Ireland if they played them again. Again Kilkenny are probably one of the last teams that actually played them or beat them uh, in a competitive game back in that 2018 final so uh, to go along and beat them in a league final. Um, yeah, it would just show that there's that small bit of a hoodoo there that Kakenny have over Limerick, especially after last uh, September's final being so competitive as well.
1: And just generally with the All-Ireland Championship, there was a feeling, I suppose, at the end of last year, despite the fact Limerick did deservedly win the All-Ireland, that against Clare in the Munster final, then Galway in the semi-final and then Kilkenny, that maybe the gap between Limerick and the chasing pack was closing considerably. I suppose that maybe that opinion or sentiment has changed again slightly with the league when you consider how strong their performances and results have been. How close are the likes of Kilkenny and other counties to Limerick, do you think?
2: Honestly, I think this year will define it. I, I don't think anyone can really make any sort of a judgment this early in the league because if you look at all the injuries maybe Tibber area have had, Cork don't know they're starting 15. Kenny certainly don't know they're, they're strongest 15 there at the moment. Galway would have tried out new players uh, as well. I think when you get into about round two or three of the Munster Championship, you'll soon find out uh, when you see the lines and the results where exactly Limerick are at to every, everyone else um i always think then as well like right at the moment i do think that they are they have probably have the best conditioned team there they obviously have the with anything else you to have the same manager have the same coach um and uh within a group that obviously brings um familiarity you look at the said David Fitz with Walford and Pat Ryan Liam Cahill they're all changing up their management teams as well so that obviously takes a while for the players to get used to the managers and the managers getting used to the players so that's where I think obviously um, Limerick have that extra bit of an advantage on any of these teams I think it's, you won't know until, as I said, a baby, basically around round three, whereabouts about the, these teams are at. I think the league final will tell you as well. Considering Kilkenny beat Cork so comfortably, um, obviously the, you know, they did. All, they got over like the Waterford there in, in the league as well. If Kilkenny went out and possibly pipped Limerick in a league final, I think it would give great heart to everyone else within the county or within the country.
1: And just briefly, David, because you've been very generous with your time and I'm conscious of that, just to get your opinion on a lot of the talk by people outside of the game at the moment about the style of play that's being implemented with modern day inter-county hurling teams, there seems to be a lot of negatives about the way the game is going. Would you dispute that? How, How do you see that? Do you think that's a lot of almost you know backward thinking talk or you know just the sharp play and things like that do you think it's just an actual evolution of the game or do you agree with what people are saying that maybe it's not as easy on the eye
2: Honestly, I haven't heard too much negative talk at all Robert it's just maybe I go into my own cocoon up there and I, I just <laughs> I don't watch a massive amount of uh, Division 1 hurling I, I go to the I go to the Kenny games with the young lads there. My, my wife wants to head to the games with the two young lads um but as far as the game changes the whole time, the physicality changes, you know, again, we had this even this discussion there the other day in the staff room of when's it going to change back to kind of the young slight hurler or small hurler being able to play every day. Everyone seems now nearly to be six foot. Um, bar obviously, Mikey Butler, who kind of changed, turned that in his head there last year and won the player of the year and an all or sorry, young player of the year in an all Things do change. Um, generally, everyone looks at whoever is winning and tries to copy whoever is winning back in our day Dublin footballers used to train at 7 o'clock in the morning and we always kind of feared ourselves that uh, Jesus that that would ever be brought back in brought into Kilkenny hurling, that people would think that that's what you need to do to win All-Ireland the, the the short game the long game I think Limerick are doing it quite well there at the moment but uh, if you look at the, how they were scoring goals last year it was long balls into the square the like Galan catching it there and the Munster championship against Tip caught two balls and buried them both I I I I think that. I think people will find reasons to give out. I think it's just the league, it's this time of the year where everyone gets a bit annoyed because the games aren't competitive, there's not there's not as much. I think the leagues need to be restructured. If the leagues are restructured, straight away then everything becomes competitive. Right now they're kind of dull and they're boring at in Division 1 level because everyone knows that there's six teams there. You all you have to do is beat that kind of I suppose the developing county like a Westmead or like in maybe an Antrim or a Leash that they're 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 not there yet. Um, all you've do is that, and then you retain your actual Division One status. When we were playing again, there, when it was about 12 years ago, if you didn't stay on top you were relegated back to 1B and that made every single game competitive and you needed to stay on your toes and every, regardless of where your match was against Dublin when up to Parnell Park you knew that this was going to be an absolute bruiser because if you lost you could be in that bottom two or whatever or you could get yourself into a league final until they change the league structures the games aren't going to be competitive they're not really that competitive and they, they look like challenge matches people are going to be annoyed about the way things are playing um, regarding the short pass and the hand pass and all that and kind of other things that's just that, That's just the way the game is going at the moment everything is about retaining the ball and not driving the ball away uh, aimlessly so it's just uh, again if I think people are giving out the fact that they are short pass and if you were to drive the ball away and you dro- drove it down to the sweeper down the far end people would be giving out about that as well so I just think they need to restructure where the, the leagues are at, and then that will bring more competitiveness to it more a bit of I suppose, that bit of contact into the game and a bit more to play for then, and that'll actually drive the excitement and people start enjoying it.
1: Brilliant stuff. Uh, David the very best wishes on the league final on Sunday and the season ahead. And thanks ever so much for speaking to me today.
2: Cheers, Robert. Thank you.
3: Now, Niall Berrigan, manager of the Kilkenny Team here
4: here in Abbottstown. Great win for Kilkenny Minor, second day out. But Antrim were tricky enough for a long time. Oh, they were, they were, in fairness. Um, Adrian, we knew that. We knew they were going to come with a sweeper and it, we knew it was going to take a, a little bit of getting used to. Um, eventually, we got to grips with the first 15 minutes. Antrim did very, very well. They got a great goal. Disappointing from our side, but a good goal from Antrim's perspective. But um, once we settled down, I stand to be correct but I don't think Antrim scored after that goal in the first half. And we settled down and, um, and we settled down and started tackling on the scores. So, look, happy in that, in, on that front. And then in the second half, actually hurling into the wind suit was a little bit more. The ball was holding up a little bit and the ball was going to the full far line and the lads were making hay inside so that was yeah. great
3: they were will drilled as you said. You knew the play to play with the sweeper, but to be fair, to pushed Mihala Heron up and that brought you into the end the last ten minutes in the first half.
4: We did. We were kind of giving him an outlet for the puckouts, and we just said, let's, let's, let's just push up and see what happens um, in terms of will they go along and how will we do with the long ball. And we dealt very well with the long ball and yeah. Half back line was strong under the ball, and we got onto the breaks and uh, started to get. We started to win, win back the momentum in many ways and uh, took it from there. In fairness, so look, um, very happy and looking happy to get, get a widespread of scores as well.
3: Yeah, Kenny teams all over the years will be always traditionally big and strong, and we're all well to hurl. There's serious mobility in this team.
4: Yeah, yeah, we're trying to play it to our strengths. The lads are to move, um, and we've got great pace. And uh, when lads carry the ball there, things happen, you know, and things happen, and they're opening up gaps in the opposition's team. And, and to be honest, there was times there when maybe we could have scored a few more scores and a few goals from those overlaps that were created. But look, plenty of work on as well, and look, we look forward to next Friday.
3: Yeah, next Friday is obviously the test. No disrespect to Leash, no disrespect to Antrim, But the experience of these young lads have learned now, playing in O'Moore Park, playing in Abbottstown, obviously bringing them to the park next Sunday. But Galway are going to bring a bigger test, of course.
4: Oh, look, 100%. 100%. We're under no illusions. Um, Kenny and Galway played each other in under-16 development squad match there last, last August. And uh, the score was something crazy now, to be honest with you, in favour of Galway. So we'll find out very, very quickly where we're at now. Um, we feel that we have made good strides. The lads have put a huge effort in. They're super bunch of young fellas. Brilliant attitude. And they want to learn every day to go out. So um, we'll do lots of learning next Friday And we look forward to it Um, Look, we're guaranteed a quarter-final place now And uh, basically the winner of next Friday Will top the group and go straight to a semi-final So look, both teams still in the competition But I'd imagine both teams will still want to go and win it next Friday
3: you mentioned uh, the spread of scores great spread of club you know at minor level young lads great spread of players from all the different clubs and not necessarily the big clubs
4: as we all know so there, great experience for those young lads oh massive massive Adrian massive yeah look we, we started out and uh, we had trials the whole lot went to schools matches and um, it gave us a great opportunity it's a very different year this year in comparison to last year I think this time last year the Lenthal College's junior final was still on between CBS and Cairns this year it was over in November so we're after having a clean run of it Adrian which is which has been brilliant parents have been absolutely top class as well We've been training in the four corners of the county to be honest with you, and it's a tall order asking parents to go and drive their sons here there and everywhere if you're living in the far south of the county we're training in Ballaragat or whatever but look everyone has rode in behind uh, that they set up and uh, there's a good atmosphere there and as I said look we just look forward to the next few weeks
3: yeah well done Niles it seems to be a great atmosphere Thank nice thanks everyone. All right, you good man
1: Now, I'm joined by former Aeroogue and Carlo Corner Forward and current Carlo Senior Football selector Simon Ray to look back on the league campaign that's been for the Carlo Senior Footballers and look forward to the Leinster Championship opener against Wicklow next month. Simon, thanks for chatting to me today. How are you? Good,
5: Robbie. Not not too bad at all. And yourself?
1: Yeah, all good. Um, Simon, just to look back on the league campaign, I suppose, first of all, maybe not the one that you wanted in terms of results, but how do you and the management team reflect on it now that it's gone?
5: Um, yeah, look, I finished, finished it disappointingly last weekend, I suppose. Um, well, it's probably a little bit of frustration, if we're, if we're being honest, uh, in terms of, say, what we were looking to get over as a team and as a management, um, because most of the games we were well, we were well in them. Do you know what I'm saying? To you take a bit right back to the Wicklow performance at the start of the uh, started league as well, and on that that Dr Cullen Saturday evening. It was a great game, great crowd in there, and finishing in a draw, which probably a game we could have won. Played most of the game with 14 men in the second half and uh, got a great draw, would give us good momentum going down to Waterford the following week, and we we had a decent performance to get a win over it and then that Leash game is the one probably that knocked the stuffing out of us because uh, we were in a great position after 50, 55 minutes in the game, Robbie. We, I think we were, could have been four up and uh, that was a hammer blow, losing Conor Crowley early in the game as well, you know, and we just didn't see that game out. Uh, and I think they're a little bit of experience, told on the day. Um And we just didn't uh, use our smarts enough or didn't take our chances as well that we had created. And uh, that was disappointing, I suppose. Um, Because I think getting a result in that game would have given the boys a great lift, you know. And uh, it uh, it was just so disappointing not to get across the line in that game. Um, And I think it kind of carried over because we lost a couple of lads to suspension then with the injuries as well. And... Obviously, you know, you're you're not replacing like with like. There's lads on the, on the the county panel as well, developing as well. And uh, when you lose a Conor Crowley and a Shane Bowie to suspension and a Niall Hickey to an injury or a Ciarán uh, it's challenging, you know. But um, we we were competitive in all the games. Every single game we've had in, we were very competitive, bar the second half of the Leitrim game, where as a team we would be very disappointed um with the way that went and the discipline in the second half and uh, it's something we, we spoke about as a team when we rectified the following week on a tricky fixture in London, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say the, for the most part, of the league has been a little bit frustrating because I think we've been right in games, as I said. That Leash game, we were we were, we were were on top. Uh, the Sligo game, even 50 minutes gone in that game, there's only two or three points in the game. And last weekend in Wexford, we're, we were... I think a pint behind after 55 minutes and uh, they got in a black card and uh, we didn't manage to see the game out, you know, and consider the goal in injury time. So a little bit frustrating, but good signs as well, uh, Robbie. You know, a lot of positive play um, within the games. Uh, things to work on, which we've identified as, as, as a team and as a management team as well. And... Uh, we're working on those ahead of, uh, you know, a week on Sunday week now.
1: And and what are those things? If you don't mind me asking, Simon, I'm sure you don't want to delve into them too much. But is there anything that you've specifically seen that you think needs to improve if you're to turn really promising performances? Because I've been at a number of your games too, and they have been great performances, as you say, into equally good results.
5: Yeah, I suppose. Look, I think when you're looking in at it, I said I think most of the games, Robbie, we've been creating chances within the games, and uh, it's probably just a little lack of efficiency, say up front, um, and or not being clinical enough, you know. And uh, you you need to keep the scoreboard ticking over in these games, uh, you know. And when you have that period of dominance, you need to be getting the most of it that you can, say, because the other team are always going to come at you, you know, at a certain time during the game so you need to make sure that when you've had your dominance or that period of dominance uh that you've taken your chances and what I found in some of the games and, and, and going back and doing a bit of analysis and looking through them is that when we've had those appearances we haven't really been clinical enough like you know uh, whereas the teams when they have their proper patch against us always seem to be clinical so we there are things we need to improve on our efficiency up front probably needs to improve there will be one area we would be definitely looking to improve coming into uh, Sunday week
1: And Sunday week is against Wicklow of course the first round of the Leinster Championship does the fact that You mentioned that first round game in the league, of course, it came against Wicklow on Saturday evening, a great crowd under the lights at Netwatch Cullen Park. That game ended in a draw and you were down to 14 men for the majority of the second half. Does the fact that that was your starting point leave you kind of very enthusiastic heading into this opening round provincial championship game because of the fact that presumably you would have gotten better since then and hopefully you'll have 15 men on the pitch for the majority of the game?
5: Yeah, I think there's loads of positives to take from the game itself, that's being honest with you. Um, And I know as a group, uh, the boys are really, really looking forward to it. Uh, I think, you know, historically there's been very little between Carlo and Wicklow when it comes to championship down through the years as well, Robbie. Like, you know, so um, our boys won't be going down there with any fear or anything like that, you know. And uh, Wicklow probably aren't even thinking of us at the moment. Their, their, Their minds are on tomorrow evening in Croke Park to try and win a Division 4 league title so to be fair you know we're just focusing on ourselves and we're looking to try and and, uh, do some of the things that uh, we've been talking about as a group as a team as a management team right and get them right on the day and get a performance out of the lads Uh, and I think you know if we get that you know, I've, I've no doubt we won't be too far away, like, you know, and uh, we're hoping, you know, all the bodies and minds are going to be fresh and right and a couple of injuries clear up. That's that's what we're looking forward to. And I uh, have to say that they're an excellent group of lads to train and coach and be involved with um, to absolutely give us everything. And uh, always looking to learn. And uh, that's the one thing about the group, as I said to you, it's, it's nearly a complete new group of players nearly over the space of the last two years that, that, that's that been in there when you think of the lads that have stepped away you know so uh, they're learning they're very some of them are very very young um, and that can come that, that them inconsistencies that we spoke about there early in the conversation that can happen in games as well where you know a lot of the teams we're playing against like that leash team with a load of experience in it even the Wicklow team a lot of those guys have tied up a Division 3 Robbie you know and um, so we're building nicely, a good group of lads. as uh, sets you loads of honesty in, in, in the lads that we have and brilliant to work with. Um, so we're looking forward to the challenge now um, ahead of us.
1: And it, it would have been two weeks between, or 15 days, if we're to be precise, between your last league game against Wexford and then on the 9th of April, of course, you take on Wicklow, as I said, in the open round of the Leinster Championship. You mentioned that there Wicklow are in the league final tomorrow against Sligo. Or Saturday evening, that is. Do you feel as though you can use that to your advantage? The fact that you have just over two weeks to prepare for such a big game, whereas, as you said, Wicklow will be concentrating on this league final because it's a chance to pick up silverware. Do you think you can use that to your benefit, or would you read too much into that? How do you see that kind of thing?
5: Yeah, look, it's hard to know because some, some some teams will tell you they always prefer to be playing, like, you know, and as a player, they'll always want to play the games, you know what I'm saying? To you? I think the schedule is so tight. Uh, You know, you you can see in a way now, and I know there was a lot of, um, you know, dissatisfaction when they were looking to do away with the league finals last year, but you could see they're thinking behind it because everything is so tight uh, with the scheduling of the games, like, you know, and I mean, look, if Wicklow picked up a couple of injuries tomorrow evening, the turnaround of, you know, eight days, you know, they'll be looking upon it and they'll be disappointed, I suppose. That's the probably from a player's point of view. It's so close, you know what I'm saying to you. So, Look, we're happy ourselves with the two weeks lead into it. I suppose any team would want probably minimum two weeks lead into it. Uh, But it's just the way the scheduling has turned out this year uh, with the league and the challenge being so close together. Um, You know, and look, it might benefit us in terms of, you know... Tomorrow evening, uh, they could pick up an injury or two when they're, they're under pressure then, like, you know. So, um, you know, it's, t- it's hard to know. It's hard to know if the game doesn't go well for Wicklow tomorrow evening. You know, psychologically, what way are they leading into the game? You know, but uh, I think if you if you ask any of the players, they'll always want to play games. Uh, I think that's the one thing that, that, that they say they'll want to do. But from a management side of things, where, uh, you know, getting a couple of things right and, and hopefully get a couple of bodies right and see where lads are at now um, leading into the, tonight for training and for the weekend training, you know. So we're just, as I said, you focusing on us and uh, looking on where we can improve and, and then look at Wicklow as well and where we can hurt them, you know.
1: And just generally, Simon, you've touched on it there a bit, but the turnover of players implementing younger players into the panel and then trying to s- change the style of play has it been difficult how have you kind of approached that process because I can imagine you know it's hard enough to, to be over an inter-county side at any stage but particularly during a, during a transitional period how have you kind of looked upon that
5: I suppose when Niall first came in I, I, I was just in the last year with hurling, and then Niall came in and, and I met him, had a conversation and stayed on board with Niall and we had five weeks in that first period and uh, and I think there was one, one, one or two games played. We played Sligo in, in the end of the last league game and then we played offly in the championship and then it was over. And then in the second year it was there was I think there was eleven weeks. Uh and we Jarr Brennan with us obviously and then Jarr stepped away. Well, whereas Ron Ronan Joyce came in then um and and, and he's been brilliant and, and the boys have brought into kind of uh Ronan as well. Um so what happened was we were probably only in our second full year proper. And in that time, we've lost a huge amount of experience from the team. When, when you look at the likes of Paul Broderick and Shane Redmond and John Murphy and Sean Gannon, you know, on Root, uh, to name but a few, you know, Brendan Murphy, all these guys who, you know, are, had serious commitment to Carlo football. And all those guys kind of nearly stepped away at a similar time, Robbie and uh, you're left with these kind of younger group of players with a couple of senior lads like Dara Foley who's, who's brilliant to be around the group and, and he, he's, he's excellent there and he shows all the young lads the right thing to do and you know, first to train and last to leave you know, great role model for the younger boys on the panel as well so Dara is still around and then you have your Jordan Marcy, who's so maybe four or five years into his inter-county career and uh, the Connor Crowley, saw so, and Ciarán Moran is back this year but with a huge turnover, and then you're trying to build from scratch and implement your principle to play with these guys. And uh, we're probably your second full year into it. You know what I'm saying to you? Uh, there's, there's a lot of things that have gone right. And then there's obviously no different than any team you're you 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 know you, you, you're with. There's always areas for improvement and things you'll want to improve on where you'll be dissatisfied with or elements of performance, you know. And uh, we're you know working on those things uh injuries have been frustrating because at no stage this year did we probably have you know everybody that we we wanted on the field say, you know you, that you're picking from so we've been a little bit hampered by that uh but i have to say as i said to you the honesty from the group uh that those lads is is, is brilliant uh they're really really easy guys to work with uh wanting to improve and challenging themselves and uh you know, that's, that's that's the biggest thing I take from it uh, they're just a really good l- bunch of lads to work with
1: Well they're a great bunch of lads to watch on as well we of course will be watching on in the first round of the Leicester Championship game uh, that is Sunday week against Wicklow uh, before that thanks ever so much for speaking to me today Simon and best wishes with the rest of the Championship
5: No problem Robbie thanks very much
2: thank you <laughs>
6: Well, I'm delighted to be joined now by Kilkenny Camogie player Michelle Tehan following the announcement of Optimum Nutrition as the new official performance nutrition partner of the Gaelic Players Association. To mark the launch of the new three year partnership, Optimum Nutrition is giving GA clubs across Ireland the opportunity to win a top prize of a state of the art gym, along with a year's supply of Optimum Nutrition product worth €25,000. The runner-up will win a year's supply of Optimum Nutrition product for their club, worth €5,000 to further their training and performance goals. Uh, visit OptimumNutrition.com or at nutrition underscore IE on Instagram for more. Michelle, how are you?
7: Hi, O'Shane. I'm good, thank you.
6: Good, good. Um, you're in Crow Park today for the launch of Optimum Nutrition. Um, talk to me about the importance of nutrition and the role it plays in getting you to Crow Park on big game days, not just launch days?
7: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think it's definitely playing a huge role nowadays. Obviously it did before, but I think um, we're kind of, it's brought to our attention a lot more now. Like when I was growing up, there never really, obviously when you're playing, there never really would have been highlighted that the nutrition is just as equally as important as your training for your fuel, and then again for after, um, for your recovery. So the education on that now, I think is brilliant. Um, and it does play a part in trying to get back to, to Crow Park, but I don't know if that's going to be enough for me. We'll see.
6: <laughs> we are in that space between league and championship for Camogie. Before we talk about um, the championship and what's coming there, give me a review of your, your league campaign.
7: Um, yeah, so we only got out with two wins um, in our league so far, and um, it, it was disappointing for us. Some of our performances, we were very disappointed on. But I think we have looked at it now as a way of just learning, because of course we put um, as much effort in as we could at the time, and we need to look at now just just what to improve on, and, and we have a lot to learn. We were. We were happy to come out with a, a win for our last game. So hopefully we can build on that now and just get stronger and try to compete against the great teams. There's teams flying it there so far. The Corks and Galways and Tip are really, really on form. and um, So hopefully we can, for the next six weeks now of training, just build and build and build and just try to compete with them then come championship.
6: Is it one of those league campaigns where... Like you didn't win every game, which I know is the aim, but sometimes you nearly have to sacrifice the win to try out players, try things in the squad, and you take stuff from it. And Limerick did that last year in the hurling. Is, are you hoping it's one of those kind of leagues?
7: Well, hopefully, but I don't think going out, we did go out to win every game. We tried our best for for every game. and um, Everybody's intentions were completely pure. We wanted a win. So in a way, it just how it worked out that on the days they just it didn't go for us. It didn't pan out the way we wanted it, but we're hoping yeah that it kind of gives us a kick up the butt and the, how they and to see now how we're um gonna build on it because There's, it is yeah. it is coming out of an all iron win. I think this is kind of nearly what we needed just to remind us and ground us again.
6: And it's a long wait now until the championship. And even at that, it's Leinster and then All-Ireland and, the, and the two are not uh, together. They're not linked. Is, is, that, is that weight a good thing? Will you, will you do a, a good block of work or would you all just rather get back into it and, and play straight away?
7: Um, I, I definitely see it as a good thing. Um, I'm not really looking forward to it because I know the, the boys have a lot in store for us. Um, but I think we're all so willing now to because we know what we need to improve on we know we need to learn so I think we're all really really looking forward to just doing that and just slogging it out for the next six weeks now and then getting back in to the training because it is a lot like the league it was week on week and you didn't really have much time in between to build on what you learned from the previous week do you know so it is nice now to have that bit of a gap and just to practice and learn and and try and um, try out a few things.
6: But by a bizarre quirk of fate, I ended up emceeing your homecoming last year after the All Ireland, <laughs> and it was an amazing evening. Um, yeah. There was there was a lot of factors at play. I think it was the first big coming together, and big homecoming for a Kilkenny team after lockdown. Um, that probably played a part, but also the 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 relationship that you've built up with the fans in Kilkenny. That's a big deal as well. And Brian acknowledged that you know while one was one during lockdown, it just isn't the same when you couldn't do it in front of a crowd and couldn't bring it back to a crowd. How, first of all, I have I've, I've two questions on that. The first is, what did it mean to you to see that crowd and to witness that kind of atmosphere? Because like, I've been to a lot of events over the years, homecomings, matches, the whole lot. That was right up there. It was a special night and I can't quite articulate it, but, but maybe you can, and maybe, maybe, and obviously I think it would mean a lot, a lot more to you than it would have to me. Yeah.
7: I think even when you mention it, I, nearly feel a bit emotional, like all the emotions come run, rushing back, and when you ask any of the girls, kind of highlights of the year, of course, the day before the All-Ireland was, but we all just look back to that, the homecoming were just like, that was just breathtaking nearly, it was just so amazing, the, the weather <laughs> the weather was great, so that helped, but I think just, just seeing the support that we had, but not even the support, but the pride of everybody, and all our families out there everybody gathering together to just celebrate this win like it was like you said I can't really articulate it myself but like even looking back and then looking beside you to all the girls like I would say we didn't we didn't stop smiling for all of it it was just amazing and having Brian's wife Alison singing at the end of it too was special as well
6: what does it mean to you to bring that kind of joy to the people of the county
7: it's probably cliche, but that's kind of everything. That's kind of why you do it. Like, you play for your club and it's it's amazing as well, bringing success back to the club. You really feel like you're doing it for them. And then just playing for your county because it's such a bigger network of people that actually bring in that much joy to that man and to the whole county is just amazing. And there are people like your relations as well, like... Um, um, we went for dinner for our um, for New Year's and my sister asked my parents their peak of the year and the two of them actually said that on Ireland which I just was a bit caught, caught, by, caught off guard but it was like that whole year and that's something that, that was so special to them as well, like of course that was going to be my one of my peaks as well but just hearing from them that that was huge from them too, it really just kind of reminds you why you're doing it and when when it gets hard doing it because all the trainings and everything you kind of just go back to that place and be like you're kind of doing it for more than just yourself you want this success for for your county and for everyone that's there supporting you
6: and when training is hard and you you're, you're facing a puddle doing push-ups in a dark field somewhere does your mind's eye go to Kilkenny that day And the scenes and and wanting to get that back. And the only way to get that back, of course, is is the hard work of and and the slog that you have to go through.
7: Yeah, of course, it's hard at the time when you are being run and you're mentally struggling. It's hard to to think to that. But that is definitely something that you try to keep remembering. Um, And yeah, just the girls around you and, and who you're doing it for and what you're doing it for. So yeah, that day and Kenny just kind of summed all that up and brought it all together. I think that's why it was so special. Just in that one place on that day is where all of that came together then. So it was amazing,
6: yeah. Yeah, it was an amazing day. And mm-hmm. as, some, as an outsider. Yeah,
7: I'm glad just, you thought oh, yeah. so as
8: well,
6: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and how Brian Dowling's wife, Alison, hasn't had a number one, I'm not sure. What a voice. <laughs> just her rendition of Mooncoyne.
7: Yeah. I think it was the first yeah.
6: time I ever joined in and as a Waterford man, that's... <laughs>
7: yeah i know she's it was brilliant it was great
6: okay michelle tian of kilkenny thank you very much for joining us Of course, uh, today you're at the launch of uh, Optimum Nutrition as the new official performance nutrition partner of the Gaelic Players Association. To mark the launch of the new three-year partnership, Optimum Nutrition is giving GA clubs across Ireland the opportunity to win a top prize of a state-of-the-art gym along with a year's supply of Optimum Nutrition product worth €25,000. The runner-up will win a year's supply of Optimum Nutrition product for their club worth €5,000 to further their training and performance goals. Visit OptimumNutrition.com or at Optimum Nutrition underscore IE on Instagram for more information. Michelle, thank you.
7: Thanks so much, Oshin. Great talking to you.
9: Your music, your sports every Sunday afternoon. La Hard Sunday Scoreline. KCLR. KCLR.
0: Yes, it's Sunday and you know what that means The second half of your sporting action Kicks off right about now with myself Shane O'Keefe, coming up on the show We'll be talking all things GAA And that Kilkenny minor match, we'll have post-match From that with Mr. Niall Bergen, we'll also be talking Rugby with Dave O'Connor from Kilkenny Rugby Club, a bit of golf thrown in there And one of my personal favourites A bit of soccer, yes, it is just about Time for the KCLR McCalmont Cup draw, joining me In studio is the Kilkenny and District League's PRO Mr. Stevie Cal who we know very very well over here in KCLR and Rob Higton the chairperson of the Kilkenny and District League who we're getting to know more and more every time he pops into the studio so without further ado this will be the KCLR McCallum Cup draw but first of all gentlemen thank you very much for joining me here
10: Shane thank you thank you Shane
0: um, Rob I I, 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 you know, I, know you're a Callan man <laughs> and uh, it breaks my heart now having to do this draw, considering <laughs> Callan knocked out by beloved Castle Warren in the, in the last round. No bitterness,
10: I can yeah, tell you. It. It. <laughs> it, it makes it even sweeter, Shane. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> it's like watching my dad kiss me girlfriend. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> will, we, will we give you the important numbers,
11: Shane? Yes, please do. So, uh, for today's draw, number one are going to be Bridge United. Number two will be Callan... Uh, 3 will be Clover 4 will be Dean Celtic 5 will be Evergreen 46 6 will be Fort Rangers or Freebooters which still has to be played 7
0: will be Highview
11: and 8 will be Thomas Down United A
0: Fort Rangers and Freebooters are actually playing in the top of the table clash right about now Kickoff was at 2 o'clock in that one so we'll keep you updated throughout the day they didn't happen to combine those two fixtures like they did last year it ended up going against them I think against Bridge United where they combined a cup and league fixture but this one is just going straight to the league. Maybe they learned their lessons. So yes, the quarter final is here. Fort Rangers and Freebers will still have to play their last sixteen tie. Stevie, can you tell us how this is going to work? So yeah, we're just going to have a simple home versus away draw, Shane.
11: So the first uh, name out will be the home team. Second name out will be the away team until we have the four matches, and we will be doing the semi final draw after that as well. Oh, so we're we're gonna we're gonna find out
0: the whole route towards the, whole the whole route final.
11: to the, the path to the final will be
0: chosen today, Shane. Lovely. So it's going to be split between yourself and the chairperson Rob Hickton that's there that's right so we'll we, we go to first name out is
11: going to be the home team and that is number one Bridge United Bridge so-
0: United will be the home team in the first draw for the quarter final of the KCLR McCalmont Cup and they will be going up against
10: uh they're going up against Fort Rangers or Freebooters.
0: Oh, so Ooh. a big tie. We know that uh, Bridge United met Freebooters in the Patmire Shield final, ended up losing 3-1, so they would be looking for a bit of a revenge, but you can't look past Fort Rangers, who defeated Evergreen. the defending champions, no longer defending, after being knocked around and the first time asking. OK, so the next uh, name out is number two, which is Callan United. Castle Warren Celtic, I heard you.
11: Yeah, <laughs> Callan United. <laughs>
10: and they're
0: going to be playing
10: they are up against uh, number eight which is Thomastown A
0: Thomastown A so a Premier Division clash between the two sides now if Castle Warren did manage to get into that quarterfinal that would have been a repeat of last year's semi-final where Thomastown bet us 1-0 also you're full of Parmaidians I know I know <laughs> so number five Evergreen 46 Evergreen 46 the last Evergreen Hope in the McCalmont Cup after the C team and B team were knocked out in earlier rounds
10: uh, we'll
0: play number seven Highview Athletic Highview Athletic So Dean Broders doing great things out In Greg Namana, And that's another Big big tie for
11: Evergreen Okay so we've only two names left And the first name out is number four Which is Dean Celtic So Dean Celtic will be home
0: And they'll by proxy Hopefully play Clover United Yep,
11: yep. Clover United that's right United. We
0: got all the numbers right anyway We did <laughs>
11: <laughs> Just the names are a little bit wrong for you Shane
0: Yeah yeah heartbreaking to, to, be, to be so to be again we, we,
11: we'll do a quick recap for you there Bridge United are home to Fort Rangers or Freebooters Callan United are home to Thomastown United A Evergreen 46 will be home to Highview
0: and Dean Celtic will be home to Clover United So we're going to go into the semi-final draws after the nine teams have found out their possible fate. Stevie, how is this going to work?
11: Okay, so we have four matches that we're after uh, calling out, Shane. Match one is Bridge United versus Fort Rangers or Freebooters. Match two is Callan United versus Thomas Down United. Match three is Evergreen versus Highview. And match four is Dean Celtic versus Clover. Again, we have numbers one to four here to be drawn out. And it will be home versus away in that order again. So without further ado, we'll start. And the first number out is number one. So number one is going to be the winners of Bridge United versus Fort Rangers or Freebooters.
0: So an old triple threat there.
11: Yep, they will be at home too.
10: And they are going to play match number four, which which we is Dean Celtic or Ver- Clover United.
0: Brilliant. Okay. I'm just typing away here now to second get this second, ready, semifinal,
11: well. second semi-final. Second semi-final. The first number out is is number two, so match two. The winners of Callan United versus Thomastown United A will be home two.
10: So, match number three which is Evergreen 46 or Highview Athletic.
11: OK, so just a quick recap. For the semi-finals, the winners of match one, which is Bridge versus Fort or Freebooters, will be home to the winners of match four, which is Dean Celtic or Clover. In our second semi-final, the winners of match two, which is Callan or Thomastown United A, they will be home to the winners of match three, which is Evergreen 46 or Highview Athletic.
0: So the semi-finals last year was played out in dirty miss. Will these be playing actually on home ground? Do you do we know that yet or we're, we're, we're hoping
11: so, Shane, yeah, we're hoping so. And just for dates while we're talking about it, we're hoping that the weekend of the April sixteenth we'll see that Freebooters versus Fort Rangers match. Yep. Yeah. Once we have that and we know the winners of that, we'll be hoping to play off um those games two weeks after that then, uh, to have all of our uh quarterfinals and then we will have our semi final two weeks hopefully again after that all going well
0: so you're looking at uh, mid-April for the Freebooters Fort Rangers match obviously Freebooters still in Leinster competition now That's after right. that tremendous win over Trim Celtic last week Thomastown also still in Leinster competition so they're the two teams that are left in that are you finding it difficult in terms of a fixture point of view because of the, so many teams were participating in outside competitions yeah I think
11: there's been a little bit of a fixture pile up and I think Miller has his hands full but he's doing a great job at the moment he's trying to clear everything and especially at schoolboys and schoolgirls level you'll, you'll see a lot of matches are being played off midweek now as well. We have the late evenings, Rob, don't we?
10: Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> look, we're just trying to finish off the leagues. Hopefully, get a few cup competitions in then for all all the schoolboys groups as well. Uh, but look weather weather is playing a, a huge part Shane as as you know yourself With
0: yeah, we've seen the St Kieran's and good council game get called off on Friday that was meant to go ahead at half ten in Thomastown just due to wet weather conditions and it can play havoc but the good thing is that the likes of Evergreen have fantastic facilities out there with all weather pitches we know freebooters are constantly improving Highview Athletic Thomastown have their, their choice of pitches as well so you know th- w- with the new cup competition that is happening as well with the Shawnee O'Connor Cup there's so many fixtures for clubs to still look forward to regardless of if you're not in it uh, at the business end of the league that's right
11: Shane even in my own club Stonyford at the weekend we've unfortunately had matches called off there as well at the weekend we've had to even play a few away matches because of uh, you know uh, uh, too much pressure on one pitch and the weather and stuff so
0: it is playing havoc at the are moment are Stonyford out playing in Kilmagani now? no no Noctofer over sorry Noctober. my mistake yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it's a nice old pitch out there I, yeah, used to have, I used to have rugby out there. There you really. go, that's right. The Normans, was it? Yes, the, the yeah. mighty Normans. The, the mighty Normans. Normans. Uh, the <laughs> last time you were in, Rob, was during the previous draw for for the, the last round, the last 16, so to speak. You, you were talking about maybe some upcoming developments in regards to changing of league structure and so forth. Is there anything, uh, any developments are on that, or are you just waiting for the, the, the meeting that is going to be held on the 6th of April to discuss more of that?
10: Yeah, look, we're planning for next season, obviously, as a committee. Um, We have our own ideas at the minute, but um, look, I suppose we want to get some feedback from the council meeting first before we decide anything going forward.
0: Yeah, because um, it's important to remember. Yeah. Next season will only be your first tenure as well with uh, in, with the full new committee in charge of the and District League. But the the sentiment that I've been getting from chatting to various different clubs, as we do here on Scoreline, is that it's all gone positively. The, the the fact that fixtures are up well in advance it has been such a huge welcome. You see some fixtures going ahead on a Saturday night as well, which is great to see. And that harpens back to the the facilities that some clubs are able to provide as well. So yeah, a lot, a bit, best to look for the rest of the tenure. And Anyway, I'm looking forward to the meeting and I'm sure we'll all have a few things to say in regards to trying to get our own club one over the other but as I said I'll be giving out about uh, the, the, the loss in the Macalmock Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it was the last minute winner Rob it's, uh-huh. the, it's going to hurt yeah. it's going to hurt Yeah,
11: you'll get over it Shane yeah. someday
0: If only our own Robbie Dowling could hit the target
11: <laughs> Oh, uh, poor Robbie's not here to defend <laughs> yeah. himself
0: uh, Stevie, before we go do you want to kind of read out then what the quarterfinal is shaping up as? Yeah, let's just
11: do a recap we're hoping that obviously uh, for dates there again in case anyone's Missed it. We're hoping the weekend of April 16th we'll see uh, the Freebooters versus Fort Rangers, and the winner of that will be known. Then we hope two weeks after that will be which will be the weekend of the 29th and 30th of April. We're hoping then to have our quarterfinals, which will be Bridge United versus the winners of Fort Rangers or Freebooters, Callan versus Thomas Down United, A, Evergreen 46 versus Highview Athletic, and Dean Celtic versus Clover United. And then two weeks after that again on the weekend of the 13th and 14th of May we will hope to have our semifinals where. Again, the winners of Bridge United versus Fort Rangers or Freebooters will be home to the winners of Dean Celtic versus Clover United and the winners of Callan versus Thomastown United A will be home to the winners of Evergreen versus Evergreen 46 versus Highview
0: well it's shaping up uh, to be a great crescendo to the Kilkenny and District League this season we were out there last season for Thomastown versus Evergreen myself and Robbie commentating on it and we're looking forward to hopefully doing the same this year gentlemen thanks very much for coming in and having a chat with me Shane thank you very much thank you You get the full rundown of those results right about now on kclrscorelines.ie. There's lots more still to come here on Scoreline. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Scoreline. It is myself, Shane O'Keefe, with you until 6 o'clock. Now I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Dave O'Connor from Kilkenny Rugby Club. we talked to Johnny Tobin from Tullo side of Things and about everything that's going on out there. It's only right we talk about everything that's happening out in Kilkenny Rugby Club and they have a big, big match to look forward to next week. They're going up against Kildara as they look to defend their Towns Cup trophy. Dave, first of all, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to me today.
9: No worries, Shane. I uh,
0: hope all is well. Uh, certainly is. Big semi-final now in the Towns Cup and all is well in KCLR world because we're definitely going to have someone from the local contingent making the final. On one side you have Carlo going up against Tolo, and then on the other defending champions Kilkenny going up against Kildare. How are you prepared for it?
9: Good, yeah. and, and I go. I guess it's it's credit to the South East. The strength of the South East is, is really um, shown with these the semi-finals. Um, great to see Carlo and Tolo on the other side and we had, a, we had a tough quarter-final against Gorey, so they could have easily been in the semi-final too. But um, but yeah, look, everyone's looking forward to, to um, Easter Sunday. It's going to be a very physical one. They, they pose a different threat to what we're used to, but um, but yeah, looking forward to
0: it. It's, it. it's not every year that you you get the chance to defend such a, a hotly contested trophy and going back-to-back, back, but it's something that the Kenny Rugby Club have been accustomed to before, if I'm correct.
9: Yeah, uh, 2001, 2002, uh, they did the double, um, and it's funny. Um, like this year, I, I think I think the win against Gory, I think we wouldn't have got that win 12 months ago. And um, it just felt like a team that were used to being in that situation. They were a little bit more comfortable than they usually would. But um, but funny enough, looking at the squad this year, there's there's actually not a huge amount of players who uh, played the Townsville final the year before. So there's there's a huge turnover. Um, I think we got in twenty to twenty two new players um, this year, um mostly homegrown lads that just gave up rugby for a few years. So to see the difference in the two squads, it's it's incredible, really. but um, but yeah, look everyone's everyone's really buzzing for the weekend. Um, yeah, really exciting times. um and you just see the club really comes together from youth coaches and minis coaches coming up to you wishing you all the best like it's something that you don't really have during the league season so it's a, it's a funny one really
0: Yeah I was going to ask you the difference between cup and within uh, league uh, I, I, I'm i someone that's uh, involved in local soccer quite a bit and there's always the magic of the cup that's associated with say soccer Um. so what what, what are you finding the diff- difference between the two are, is it just that players become a bit more available towards the latter end of the season especially as the teams starts progressing a bit more, and there's a chance of a bit of silverware um
9: it's that's a it's a tough question. I, I scratched my head about that one the whole time. I think with the league, um it's so congested. it's um like there's a lot of Dublin teams in that league that have big budgets, big squads, and I think we probably don't have the depth. Well, we definitely don't have the depth to to, um, to challenge for honours in, in Division One A. Like we had a, a pretty tricky year um, with relegation this year, good few injuries, uh, and look, we, we've had a bit of luck when it comes to the cup. I think all those injuries have just mirac- miraculously uh, healed um, in time for the cup. But yeah, the league, it's it's a it's a 10x kind of thing. You know, you, you do need three, four, five good players in every position. In the cup, it's knockout rugby. Um, you could be drawn, you could be drawn against a team in Division Two A, Two B, Two C, um, or you could be drawn against a team in Division One A. And I guess it's a different mental attitude as well. You know that it could be your last day out, um, so. Yeah, it is, that's a very tough question to to answer, really, but, and it's something I'm trying to trying to figure out for the last couple of years in in coaching. But um, it, it definitely comes down to player depth and then um a bit of luck with, with lads uh, coming back from injury at the right time.
2: And
0: and you had a bit of luck last year when you when it came to staving off relegation. Obviously, you were promoted with the Division One B title, much like Tulla this year in 2018. And you know it's a great run there, and you can tell how much that you still want to contest it within it um despite any of the issues that you may be focusing on because you know there was a lot of good lo- losing bonus points as well amassed over the season i think you might have finished joint top with four throughout the whole season so you can tell that the, the the will to win is always there albeit some of the issues that you may have in regards to player injuries which were fairly applicable last season also so it's just it seems to be unfortunate that you're going down but when we were talking to James Blanchfield, Blount, he kind of looked at it as a way to reset and get ready to go again.
9: Yeah, I, I definitely think it is a, a rebuilding year anyway, or a rebuilding couple of years anyway. Um, I think last year, one of the main goals of mine was to to try to have a competitive seconds team. Um, last year, I think they won four games all season. One of them was a walkover. This year, they're on nine wins in the league, one in the cup um so that was a big goal of mine and it's it's all made up of Kilkenny players who stopped playing because of covid or or just didn't find an under 20s team up in Dublin or in college And um, so that was a big goal of mine and ki- kind of knowing that we're going to have a couple of difficult years ahead And um, so those guys are all 21 22 uh, i think the average age of the the second team in the the first round of the cup was uh, twenty three or twenty four, um, and I think a uh, thirty eight year old brought that up by a considerable amount.
2: <laughs>
1: but
9: um, but yeah, look, it's 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 about building depth, um, and and just having a team there that can play for four or five years. Whereas I think the last couple of years we we have some old heads who who've been dragging along lads, uh, old heads who who were relying on a bit too much and if if a 38 year old is having an injury and we're sometimes struggling to fill his boots you know there's a little bit of a problem but but uh, I don't think it's all uh, doom and gloom. Like we, we definitely have a good young squad building there. And I, I think over the next two, three years, you're going to see a lot of those young guys um, get get plenty of caps at, at first level. And
0: especially then with another Towns Cup in your back pocket, it can only go towards driving recruitment and bringing people down to the southeast. Because I've I seen your posts up throughout. You had lads coming from Spain, if I believe. so, And, and lads kind of joining from all different parts of the country and world.
9: Yeah, yeah. Well, look, we've to worry about the semi-finals first. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, I'm obviously delighted to to win the Towns Cup last year. Um, but I, I, it's funny, like almost almost immediately after the whistle, in my head, I was thinking, how do we win a second one? You know. Um, but yeah, no, we did. We did have people contacting us, wanting to get a bit of experience abroad, uh, and that's a big reason why we had, it, why we have a good competitive seconds team as well, because guys reached out and realised, oh, hold on now, Kenny have a very competitive team. Um, so some of that first squad from last year's Towns Cup are now playing second and some of the second squad are playing first so there's, there is that uh, competitiveness there um, but yeah look I'm fully focused on Kildare this weekend as I said they're, they're really posing a, a different threat to what we're used to at Division 1A um, very physical up front very big scrum um so so yeah it'll be a, it'll be a different challenge for sure
0: so like do you already have your own tactics and game plan set out in your head for this game or is it more so that we just play what click any rugby is all about
9: yeah i like for the week just gone we've been focusing on ourselves um really yeah working out um how we can improve as a team looking back in our last few games and and seeing where teams could uh, potentially upset or disrupt us and um, this week we'll do our next week we'll do some video footage video analysis um but my main thing as a coach is just really focus on ourselves um if we play to our ability if we clean up those little errors that we've been making over the last few weeks um that, then i don't see why we can't get over to that. but they they do have a very physical set piece um something that we struggle with from time to time I, I don't think that's a secret to anyone um, so yeah we, we, we'll we have to come up with some sort of master plan to, to, um, to manage that one anyway
0: Well look we'll keep the good times rolling as well here in terms of rugby obviously you know, with the with the the Six Nations trophy in our back pocket, and then we're seeing from a southeast perspective, the likes of uh, Dan O'Brien getting capped with the yeah. Irish team in the Six Nations, and then you have Sean Naughton and Stephen Smith, two Kilkenny College students representing Ireland under 19s against Japan last Wednesday. So, like it. it despite any relegation fears, the fact that there's three of the, the 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 four semi-finalists are emanating from Kilkenny and Carlo, just, as you said, bodes well for South East Rugby.
9: Yeah, and look, there's a really good buzz about the place. I know we were relegated this year, but going up to Gorey a couple of weeks ago, in Gorey, we had a huge crowd. Like I actually couldn't get over the number of Kilkenny people there, people I haven't seen in a couple of years, and then playing Boyne in the second cup, we outnumbered them by about six or seven uh, people, like, or was six or seven times the amount of people that they had. So so there is a, a big buzz in Kilkenny Rugby Club, um, regardless of how the league went. Uh, everyone knows how important that cup is. Uh, and yeah, rugby's in a great place. I think every time you turn on the radio, you hear some conversation about rugby, or any time you open your phone, you see some news article about rugby. So it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's different times for Irish rugby, but it's, it's amazing.
0: How do you feel going into the World Cup?
9: Uh, I'm, I'm looking up flights I'm uh, <laughs> looking up flights this morning I'm not going to lie <laughs> I, I'm going to go over for the week of the final and um, regardless of who's playing I'll, I'll try to get tickets for that but I'll definitely go up for a group uh, match yeah like I, they have as good a chance as anyone you know um, like it's, it's obviously France and New Zealand are the ones to watch I think France France looked dangerous against England a couple of weeks ago uh, but yeah I'm definitely going to go over at some stage
0: well, Dave, thanks very much for having a chat with me here today. We will be looking forward to the game against Kildara and, of course, Carlo's game against Tolo. And we'll be waiting with we'll bated breath. And hopefully, we'll have a Click Carlo final. Super.
9: Kilkenny da- Carlo
0: or Kenny Carlo Tolo. Yeah. <laughs> well I am putting Tolo and Carlo in the in the same in the yeah, same yeah, yeah. vein. <laughs> you wanna watch
9: it, you'll have
0: Johnny Tul will answer again. Yeah, this is Shadow Key on Kilkenny Carlo Tolo Local Radio, K C T L R. Dave, for, th- yeah. thanks ever so much. Said, thank you very care. much uh, Dave O'Connor coach there with Kilkenny Rugby Club as they prepare to play Kildara in the semi-finals. as I, Dave so correctly recorrected myself hopefully it, it will be a Carlo Tolo and Kilkenny final that's what I should have said lots more still to come here on Scoreline You're very welcome back to Scoreline It is myself, Shane O'Keefe Now, joined in studio by a man of many talents And one of those talents happens to be volleyball Mr Benny O'Regan joins
8: me from Kilkenny Spartans Benny, how are you sir? Thanks very much for that lovely introduction I'm fantastic now since you've given me that So (laughs) I'll I'll take every compliment that comes my way
0: It's uh, always a busy time in volleyball And uh, we got a report from you just in early March How's things been going since then?
8: Uh, Things are going on the way up and up Maybe it's just the change in the weather Where everyone's got a bit more of a spring in their step compared to the cold grogginess of going around Christmas time in an indoor hall and all that but uh, in general like uh, with, with this is happening the, as I say a rolling, a rolling stone that there's no moss and we're having this sort of domino effect that the more all publicity is great publicity as far as I'm concerned anything to get the name of either the sport of volleyball out there or even the club that we've set up here in Kilkenny, the Spartans club. So that ha- happens to help uh, increase the junior section in particular of our club. So it's great to see more and more kids getting involved, whether they're at primary school or secondary school level. And we're always looking to facilitate the increase and the growth of, of uh, participation numbers within the club.
0: Yeah, what I noticed last time, and it's great that you said the participation at junior levels, is the amount of schools that are participating within volleyball. We know the success of the Kilkenny Vocational School recently, and we were speaking to a teacher from that school in regards to that fantastic success. But you can see the likes of uh, Loretto College and I know Presentation have a massive history within uh, volleyball as well. Very, very You've done your homework. Yeah, you well, um, a, lot, a lot of my sisters would have played. Um, yeah. So... Well, when I was talking to, say, Bernard O'Mara, who does this with cricket, he was talking about how crucial it is getting it into schools with the hope of development, and that seems to be happening.
8: For sure. You have to start off as as young as possible to give them an introduction of whatever sport it may be. But uh, as you mentioned, the cricket, obviously my passion here is volleyball to try and get them involved as, as quickly as possible and trying to encourage not only my love and passion for the game, but also to translate that onto them when they get to discover something new. And like even if you have 100 kids, there's always going to be at least one that's going to fall in love with it and others are going to have a sort of a half interest and others are going to be kind of dragged along because other people are interested and they want to stay within the group so there's many different reasons why people would continue on to the sport but as you said, starting them off early gets them introduced into it so much and this is why we have such a successful um, I suppose uh, academy and structure when it comes to hurling because I remember when I started off in St. Pastel de la Salle and even in James Stevens I had to hurl in my hand at the age of 4 you know, so ideally I want to have the volleyball in kids' hands as early as possible if I can get it down to four years old it's a very very good start anyway and then hopefully the retaining the, the retention and the continuation is more important getting, getting one foot in the door is all well and good but you want to keep both feet in the door so they don't go out
0: Also on the other side of things though that it's not just a recreational aspect of it which for any sport is, is integral to enjoy it but there's the competitive aspect in the sense that Kilkenny and Carlo somewhat have produced Irish internationals as well, so there's top athletes coming in regards to this. There
8: is indeed, anyway, and uh, also you've touched on it, especially with um, uh, Set 2 Carlo, as it's called now, former uh, Carlo IT, that they have um, two. Two students now that are on the senior team that are going to be competing in May. I believe it's somewhere in Luxembourg or something like that. It's the small countries division, so the Minnow Nations as it is. And also the under-20 squad will be in Andorra next week. Uh, for their European qualifier and uh, I'll give a big shout out because we have, a, we have one player from the club on the team, Thomas Comfort, and he'll be the setter for the Irish squad when we go over there. And I, ironically, that's actually where I actually had my first cap for volleyball in Ireland, which was in Andorra so you're, you know the kind of level of nations that you're going to be dealing with. Ireland is a very, very small, progressive nation when it comes to volleyball, so we're really laying down foundation more than anything else and trying to get it up to the next level. And as you mentioned before, about it's more than just recreational. There's a a chance to develop and progress with your skills in a competitive environment, but that always comes down to needs and wants. You can only, as the expression goes, you can bring a horse horse to a river, but you can't put his head into, into it to drink it, you know. So ideally, you just want to create as much opportunity as possible. Outline, there's a social aspect and there's a competitive aspect. You can do both or you can do one or the other and we and then it's up to you how much how much you want as usually the bottom line of any foundation of being a good player is to have the commitment and also a spot on attitude and then the skills can take care of itself then whatever leadership or coach that you may have in your sport.
0: Well we're talking at elite levels with uh, the Irish internationals and congratulations to those representing Ireland from the locality. It's great we've seen Dan O'Brien getting selected for the Irish women's team in the Six Nations recently, she's Mm -hmm. from Tullow so we've seen Will Smallbone who has Kilkenny Connections playing for Irish soccer team so it's always something to champion but when you come maybe back down a few levels and we're talking about the recreational side of things, how is the numbers going on on that are, are you noticing an increase since the effects of the pandemic have
8: somewhat worn oh, out 100 percent. like it, it didn't necessarily have to come it, i think the pandemic was just more of a trigger for especially for a lot of parents to try and you know time Time is very valuable, it's the most precious commodity that we all have as human beings. So we have to try and make the most of now, and I think that because there's such a diverse community now in Ireland where we have people from all sorts of different backgrounds, from different cultures, from around the world, now creating a first, second, third generation in Ireland, even in Kilkenny as I noticed it, that it gives more hope for more global sports to kind of rise in terms of numbers of participation and all that. Not everyone is I don't want to say confined but restricted to the cultures within their own within their own country. So it's the same way if. Um, you know, James Stevens or any other hurting club wanted to set a club up in another part of the world, they would understand the difficulty of trying to get new people involved just because it's not within their culture or tradition or heritage or even the knowledge of the sport. So you're really starting off from scratch and that would be the same if you reverse it. In my case, where not every Irish person knew about volleyball. They probably played it once or twice in PE on an annual basis, but other than that, it was kind of forgotten about unless the school got more involved. And as you said, like there's a different aspect of just playing recreational, which is like turn up for your PE class and just play with your friends within your class or to get to the next level. And as you outlined, that um, the vocational school and the presentation and then a few other schools actually in Carlow as well that are involved, St. Leo's and Tyndall College and they will be competing in the school's championships that's organised by Volleyball Ireland at different levels whether it's under 14, under 16 or under 18 and it's really good to see that there is progression with regards in the local county schools because we now have presentation schools that are in the under 14 uh, B and C final they've qualified there during the week, so they have their finals. I think it's at the start of May for that. Then also, as you mentioned, with vocation school, when the C senior championships both in boys and girls, and Loretto starting off their program as well because now that we've branched out beyond the watershed, especially when they were under construction there at Christmas, we needed another hall, and thankfully we created a good relation now with Loretto School, uh, with the caretaker, and now that we're, Starting a little bit more talking with the teachers and showing them the value that the sport can bring to, especially girls that don't want to play a physical contact sport, that but still want to be in a team oriented sport. That volleyball, uh, for me, it matched my my personality because I I don't not everyone likes being on their own and wants to carry their own can, but at the same time I don't want to get hurt. So like marrying those two together was just perfect for me to to take on volleyball and I think it has helped with going into school level as well, that there's more exposure with the sport, that uh, there's, there's more recognition that there is a volleyball club in Kilkenny and in Carlo if people want to join it or inquire more about the information within the club. And overall it, it does very well for the name of volleyball that it's not just as the reputation would go just like something that you do in PE once a year. It's something that you could do any time you want, whether it's on your own, in school or in the club, that there's now more possibilities and opportunities to not only play volleyball, but up to you to excel at value, volleyball and develop to the best person that you can be.
0: And just mentioning in the club, because you've, you've said it a lot within that, that conversation there, how have the Spartans been doing this season?
8: Uh, starting off, like we started off with two adult, uh, two women's teams and two men's teams. Now, predominantly my men's team is my boys' team, but I'm throwing them into the lines then as early as possible so they can be exposed to what is the kind of top class level of volleyball within this country uh, at senior level. But I'm there to kind of help them along the way, nurture them along the way, and trying to get their focus on not on the results but on the performance more than anything else. Because if these kids are playing at their own age group, they're going to be winning out uh, hands down because they're getting a higher level of training with a higher level of experienced players playing against experienced teams like the best of the best and being able to not be shocked. Any, uh, like The initial shock obviously is going to be you know intimidating or anything like that but the more you do something the less intimidating becomes and the more you embrace the challenge rather than succumb to the pressure so trying to teach that psychologically is what i've been trying to do all season we, we we're, we're competitive but we're playing above our league we like we're in the premier division for men but as i said most, the average age of my team is roughly around 16 bar just me the odd 40 year old trying to nurture them along the way. Our women's teams have kind have of mixed seasons, you know, they've been up and down, but trying to get teams out on court and just to be able to fulfill fixtures has always been the biggest challenge, especially when it comes to away matches, you know, especially if it's not in the comfort of you just have to fall out of your house and into the watershed and there you go, you got your home game. Sometimes we have to go to Galway or go to Cork. And, dumb, and that's what will really tell about the commitment. So it's sometimes not everyone buys into the whole spirit because everyone's coming in from their own point of view. But over time, if it's, you know, learned or it's, it's constructed within the environment, you get to humble yourself and get to understand from an objective point of view that there's more than just the me. There's the we and it's all it should be always about the we think yourself, but always think of others without leaving anyone else out. So having those four teams in the league has been a very good start because we only had one women's team that was set up three years ago and then I set up the men's team in the la- the season before which when we were still in COVID. So now that we're kind of like back to normality, quote-unquote, that we're in the full season, it's good to see that we have the numbers but now we have to see if we're able to develop these players and, re- and more importantly retain these players to believe in what we're doing within the club that there is a pathway of development to progress with that will not only lead to better performance individually and and also on the team but also into uh, selection into uh, squads whether it's for ireland or uh, getting picked up by a professional team abroad so getting getting that foundation correct was probably the most important this season to be able to establish it knowing what we stand for you know everything i do is always geared around youth as far as I know, as I, as I'm concerned. Mullinoy goes, Chucky, Praise praise the youth and they will come because if you don't praise the youth, they're just going to easily go away and they might end up taking a different route and anything like that. So sport is a great outlet for anyone to let off steam or forget about other problems that they may have in school or at home or at work or whatever, that they leave their problems at the door everyone everyone's treated the same you know leave it at the door we're only here to help each other and progress and do well within the in the subject matter so in our subject matter it's volleyball as it is so yeah
0: well Benny it's fascinating to hear you talk about it because you can hear the passion that rings through when when you do speak about it I'd love to pick up the next time that you're in on the professional side of the game I'd like to consider myself almost a connoisseur of sports and in, in some regards so to hear about the professional side of the game would be would be enthralling to myself same way that I discovered about the European professional basketball Mm -hmm. circuit and everything it's so many different things and avenues that are going on outside of say the big three sports that Mm -hmm. we're traditionally used to within here in Ireland but for now thank you very much for coming in keep us updated on everything with the Kilkenny Spartans in the future
8: but don't forget now we also have cup finals on this weekend as well so if anyone wants to come down to the watershed we have the best teams in Ireland that are going to be down fighting it out for the cup championship so we have the cup and shield final for both men and women Women's final will be on Saturday at 3 o'clock and the men's final will be on Sunday at 4.30 with two games preceding that as well. Brilliant. Benny, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Shane. Lots more still to come here on
0: Scoreline. Don't go anywhere. And that's been Scoreline Extra You can listen to the show Live from 2 to 6 Every Saturday and Sunday Or on Friday And Monday nights You can listen to our Sports shows Scoreline and Full time From 6 to 7 With Eddie Scally And Martin Quilty But I've been Shane O'Keefe Stay safe Stay sane And remember Above all else Your sound out